Hey, welcome to Wolf's Watch. I'm Wolf. Today is uh, it's a Friday, right? We're gonna have a fun Friday. We want to talk about irony and uh, explain the title to you for today's episode on on why it is from the Baltic Sea to Seattle. But first, let's talk about irony for a second. Uh, on this day in history, in 1870, Hiram Rhodes Reynolds. Uh, I'm sorry, Revels. Jeez, can't believe I goofed that up. Got it written right here and everything. Hiram Rhodes Revels became the first African-American to serve in Congress. He was, he was sworn in to the U.S. Senate on this day in 1870. And here's where massive irony comes into play. Hiram Rhodes Revels, a, an African-American Republican from Mississippi, took the Senate seat that had previously you know, had been previously occupied by none other than Jefferson Davis before the Civil War. How crazy is that? It's amazing how things work out, how things play out over time. Um, and this was, think about this. This was within five years of the Civil War, you know, deeply fought. And, and Mr. Revels being sworn in was in his seat in uh, the Senate uh, was contested as well. There's a lot more history with that, and I want to want to drag it into the politics because you'd be surprised at who was that was fighting, or maybe not. If you know history, you wouldn't be surprised at all. It's the same people that were the um, uh, same political party that was behind the states seceding from the Union and starting the Civil War. But the thing was, so here it is five years later, African-American gentleman is exercising his right to participate in politics and takes Jefferson Davis's former seat in the Senate. I love it. Yeah, no, and he was an advocate for bringing, you know, bringing the country back together and getting things back on track as fast as possible after the Civil War, as well as, you know, making sure that that his fellow African-Americans got their right to vote, you know, that things were secured for them because they were having a lot of problems, right? You had uh, Jim Crow laws were coming. You had the KKK was actively terrorizing them to keep them out of politics to keep them from enjoying the freedoms that were their right as American citizens. And uh, just an amazing time and an amazing individual. I highly recommend that you read more on him. And another reason I enjoyed reading his story, uh, you know, is, is the, the, the threat of irony. Because I, I had some irony myself, which ties into an, an experience of irony myself that, that um, in a good way, that tied into the title of this episode, you know, from Georgia to, or from the Baltic Sea, the country of Georgia on the Baltic Sea to Seattle, Washington. And there's a gentleman that I had a chance to meet in the 1990s. I hosted him at a company I was working for because we were looking for best practices and how to do product development, best practices in, in, in solving engineering problems and solving science problems. And this gentleman from, from Georgia now, um, oh, wait a minute, before we move on, I want to share this with you. Here, here's Mr. Rhodes, Senator uh, Hiram, Revel, Hiram Rhodes Revels uh, in uh, 1870. Well done, Senator Revels. And he is a, a lifelong a minister as an adult. He stayed involved in ministry. He went on to become president of, a, um, of an African-American college. So help with education at that time. Really had a big impact. You know, because this is still... When tempers were flaring and, and people were, were still resolving differences 
after the Civil War. You know, just a few years, few short years, five years after the Civil War. So, well done, Senator Revels. And coming back to from the Baltic to uh, to Seattle, if you're not familiar with the country, I've got some some mapping to show you here. Uh, if you're not familiar with the country of Georgia, not the state of Georgia in the U.S., but the country of Georgia. So here is here is the country. If you can see my cursor here, right here is the country of Georgia. This is this is the Black Sea. So zoom in just a little bit, courtesy of Google Maps. So again, here here is the country of Georgia. Here is the Black Sea. This is Russia up here. And zoom back out a little bit just to, to give you a sense of where this is in terms of historical stuff. Here's the Ukraine up here. This is all Ukraine. When I talk about the Ukraine Peninsula in the Black Sea up here, and then here's Russia in between Georgia and the Ukraine. Uh, courtesy of Google Maps, showing a little bit of uh, you know where things are in the world, and zoom out some more. You have Turkey to the south on the Baltic Sea, and here's the Mediterranean. So you come in through the Medi you know come through the Mediterranean through channel actually i believe it's a um uh canal that was dug to finally get the rest of the way in uh past turkey into the baltic sea strategically important area now here's here was the experience that i had with this gentleman from the country of georgia i was hosting him as i mentioned um <clears throat> for to come and do a lecture for some of our top people in product development engineering or some of our science because it's a company I worked for at that time had actually had some hardcore science uh, research going on as well brought him in because he, he while he was in in Georgia he had mentored under one of the leaders in the 20th century of developing a, a very effective science-based problem-solving process and I don't want to get into that because it's technical stuff there's a lot of math involved don't want to, it's not the point. The point is I took the time to um, pick, pick him up at the airport because I wanted to have a conversation with this gentleman. You know, I knew where he's from. He's living in Seattle, Washington at the time here in the United States. And we had this incredible conversation because we had, you know, 30, 45 minutes, excuse me, of windshield time uh, from the airport to, uh, to the campus uh, corporate campus where he was going to be speaking. And I get to, you know, hear the story about how he was the second person to start a business in the country of Georgia after the fall of the USSR, or actually it was even would have been before that, before the USSR dissolved is under Perestroika, which you may remember from the late eighties, early nineties. And he was telling the story about, you know, he was very excited he was the second person to do it. He didn't know what to do because they hadn't been taught anything about starting companies. And it was, it was, a, it was illegal when he was a young man and all of a sudden now it's okay. So he goes to his mentor uh, that he highly respected an older gentleman and you know, told him what he wanted to do. And this gentleman, you know, he goes, you know, the response I got from him, I wanted his help because he, he was an older man. He had been alive when it was possible to have, a free business before Georgia had been dominated by the USSR. It was possible to have a free business, a free enterprise business, like we know here in the United States, right? Entrepreneur. And because I was just crushed at this gentleman, you know, his response is my mentor. I, I respected him. Like, 
what did he say? Wow. You know, what could he possibly have said that was so horrifying? He goes, well, I explained to him what I wanted to do. And I thought he would be excited for me. want to help me. And his first question was, I'm worried for you. And I was like, why? He said, well, you know, we've seen this before. What do you mean? He goes, well, he goes, I remember the last time that we were told it was okay to go ahead and start businesses. And some of the men stepped up and they were excited and they started businesses and did well for themselves, for their family, for the communities they served. And then the government changed their mind and said, no, we can't do this. And they took all the businessmen out in the town square and they shot them all. And I was like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? He goes, no, he goes, he goes, it's just, he said, and it really hadn't, we'd been taught that history, but we didn't really think about it. He goes, and, and as my mentor was telling me this, I was thinking, hmm, yeah, do I want to do this? And it's like, well, it's a hard decision. It's a hard decision. He goes, yes. He goes, how could I not? Here we were given the opportunity to do it again, the freedom to do it again. How could I not? And that was what led to him eventually uh, being very successful in Georgia becoming internationally known because of his expertise uh, in, the, in the ability to innovate, to solve problems in a very innovative way and, and to innovate in technology, in engineering, and then to build a successful business in the United States, which is why he was coming to, to lecture with us and then hopefully be able to, to collaborate moving forward. And um, you know, I was thinking as a young man in the United States, growing up during the Cold War, with the threat of nuclear war at any minute, you know, we're supposedly the uh, international scientists, the people that are supposed to be experts and know, you know, be in the know had said that we're only seven minutes away from total nuclear global annihilation. And they made us do duck, you know, duck and cover exercises in school. You know, remember doing that early days that stopped, you know, before we got out of grade school, it backed off on that, but it was just, it was an unbelievable time. And there was always that, heaviness that something intense could happen yet people thrived businesses were started businesses scaled up technologies were developed you know the microelectronics what we know is the computer industry launched and thrived under that environment uh we got to make friends with people like this gentleman from georgia and here we are again today with more global chaos you know, two years after the start of the last round of global chaos, who knows where this is going to lead this time. And it's thought, you know, isn't it ironic how things turn out? A song about that, and it seems very apropos. But it's those moments, it's those moments to be able to learn from someone on the other side of the globe, to build a friendship with someone on the other side of the globe. There's a young man I never thought about having the opportunity to talk to because or the United States and USSR, not talking. Couldn't do it. United States and China, eh, kind of iffy. And here we are again, all these years later, United States and Russia, not talking so much. United States and China, not on, not on good terms. So what do you do? Right? You you do what's in front of you. And we talked about this in, on the previous episode as a leader in your business, this is the opportunity to be the eye in the hurricane storm as people may be concerned, you know, still lingering concerns about the, um, let's just say what started in 2020, shall we? And leave it at that. And, uh, you know, in these new crises that may, you know, once again, international 
possibility of international war? Could this be World War Three? Could this be, you know, what is NATO doing? What is, what are you doing? You know, what are your people doing? Are you making sure you're taking care of your family, taking care of your people, and that you are working with them to continue to serve the community that you serve, provide more value, scale up that business? It's the biggest impact you can have. It's the biggest fight for freedom you can have. Create more opportunities for everybody around you. Scale up that business and you continually expand opportunities for your family, the people on your team, and you know, the community that you serve. So in manufacturing, depending on whose statistics that you read, whose math project you look at, every single job in, in a manufacturing company supports four to seven other jobs. And that's some positive leverage. So those tend to be high-paying jobs too. You know, manufacturing jobs pay 30 to 40% more than service industry jobs. So if you're running a factory, if you're building your own stuff, thank you. Keep at it. If any way we can help, let us know. And it's just, you know, I just wanted to talk about that because it's Friday and the war drums are beating. We're watching what's going on, you know, looking at the reality of it, not ignoring that, but at the same time, determined to say, we're going to continue to fight the good fight, to create opportunities, to expand opportunities for others, to help scale up businesses, and to enjoy life. You know, enjoy the day, enjoy the moment. This is fun Friday. And think today is such a serious day. And as always, it's a you know, there's always National Day of something. Today is National Chocolate Covered Nut Day. So enjoy. You know, celebrate accordingly. Today is National Chocolate Covered Nut Day. And Enjoy and celebrate accordingly. Plus, it's Friday. What better day for a chocolate-covered nut? Maybe with your favorite beverage, preferably with some friends. So have an awesome weekend. Thanks for being part of Wolf's Watch. I'm Wolf, and I will see you on the trail. If I can find the off button. <laughs> have a good weekend, and uh, keep an eye out for our blooper reel. You know there's a lot of them, right?